Hey everyone, welcome to Still With You. I am your host, Coley Browning, and I am so excited that you are here joining me for another episode of the podcast. Today on the show, I am speaking with an amazing new friend that I made this year in 2019, Margaret Penton. Margaret is a worship artist with an anointed voice. Guys, seriously, her voice is golden. But even more than this is her beautiful heart that is so willing to obey God. Margaret has been singing and leading worship for her entire life. She, alongside her husband, Aaron, are worship pastors at Coastal Church in Daphne, Alabama. They together also form Pinton Worship. In this interview, Margaret and I talk about their album, My Destiny, and it is a favorite of mine. In fact, you're listening to it right now. If you live near the Gulf Coast and do not know Margaret, then allow me to say that it is my truest honor to introduce to you my friend who inspires me 1000%, worship artist Margaret Penton. Thank you so much for having me, by the way, this morning. It's a pleasure. I'm I'm so excited. I love having people on the show who are creative. You know, you are a, you're an artist and I want to know how I should actually refer to you. Do you like prefer gospel artist, singer, like worship leader, like or is it all those things? It's all those things and you know what? Whatever you see it as, like you said, well, you know, you called me a worship leader and that's great. You know, if you see me as a worship leader, I do that. An artist, I do that. I'm all of those things. So we can just call it whatever you see it. Well, then it's many things to me. It's like, it's all those things. Plus I would say you speak so much life through what you do. Can you share a little bit about yourself? So that way, so you're, you're Margaret Pinson. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I was born and raised in Miami, Florida. Okay. Um, grew up there um, had a great childhood. Music is, has just always been a part of who I am. My mom sings. All of my siblings sing. Are you serious? Yes. Um, oh my gosh. Six of us in our family growing up, five girls and one boy. My brother is the youngest. Um, he's not really that much of a singer, but he plays any instrument that you can think of. Oh wow. And God just anointed him to play those instruments. Um, he just literally jumped on the keyboard one night without any lessons or anything and just started playing for the service that we were in. And so he does all of the instruments. All of my sisters sing. My mom sings. And so we've just grown up with music in our family. And it's just a part of who we are. We just celebrated my mom's 70th birthday. And yes, and her name is Margaret. I'm named after her. You guys share the same name. Yes, we share the same name. And so growing up, I was always called Little Margaret. We just celebrated her 70th birthday. And anytime we get together as a family, we always sing, whether it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, birthdays, whatever it is. And so it was so funny because we celebrated my mom. But at the end, when we were about to say our goodbyes, she decided to jump on the piano and do a concert at her party. Oh, my and gosh. So, yes, I posted that little video of her singing. And it was just wonderful. And I put hashtag, it's my party, and I'll sing if I want to. (laughs) I love that. Okay, I do have a question. So I did not grow up in a family who was very musically inclined. Is that something that comes naturally like is that it never feels forced like oh we have to be in music did it just come organically absolutely I mean it's just just growing up in a musical family it's just what you do we grew up in church 
of course, Pentecostal, non-denominational. Yeah. So we were always in church. If we weren't in church during during the week, we were at a tent meeting, a revival meeting, where you're just under this tent and it's sweltering hot because we're in Miami, Florida. Oh my gosh! And the floor, the the we're literally on the ground, so it's dirt, and we're just there for hours, just worshiping and giving God glory. Yeah, it just comes naturally. Everybody sings, and it's just what you do. So what brought you to Alabama? Ministry. So I met my husband, Aaron, um, in Miami, Florida, where I was born and raised. Yeah. And so we were married for about two years before God called us to Georgia. And so we moved to Georgia after being married just about two years, had our first child at that time. She was four months old. And so we moved to Georgia. Griffin First Assembly was a church that we mm. served at. We were assistant worship pastors there. Yeah. And we served at that church for 12 years. And it was absolutely amazing. While on staff there, we met Pastor Chad Stafford and we served on staff with him and his wife, Jennifer Stafford while we were there. And so they are the pastors of Coastal Church. Did a church plant here. They left, of course, before we did and did some things and then ended up here in Alabama. And now we're here with them. And so. And you all just followed them. Absolutely. We followed them. And you guys, I just learned, are the worship pastors here at Coastal. Yes. Uh huh. Which is how I met you. So people are listening are probably going to be like, Coley, like, how in the world did you? did we connect? How we met was through the Coastal Women's Conference. Mm -hmm. And I'm a huge Annie F. Downs fan. So yes, I love her so much. She's amazing. She really is. So when she came to Coastal, my friend Tiffany and I came to the conference. Margaret, you opened that conference with such, can I say sovereignty? Like, I don't know, power. It was amazing. So everyone knows we're at Coastal Church and this conference is getting ready to start and how they open it is you center stage in this sparkling, beautiful, <laughs> glittering dress. And then you have this like fur kind of, well, Annie called it a cape, she called but, it a cape. <laughs> <laughs> but basically like a, a fur drape over you. And it's just got like the spotlight on you. And then you start to sing Remember by Lauren Daigle. Mm -hmm. I have never experience something like that. I really have not. I've been to several concerts. I've been to several <laughs> events, but you soaked the air out of the room oh, and you set the foundation for that weekend. You set the tone. You gave glory to God in a way that I've never seen someone do before. Do you have any reflection from well, that? I weekend? just appreciate your words so much. Thank you. That's very humbling. I really appreciate that. Well, that whole spotlight with the sparkly dress and everything in the cape. And then you led us in worship, which was amazing too, by the way. But I mean, like that moment. Yeah. So we, so we did that um, women's conference this year. It was called um, In the Garden. And so it was just amazing. It was our pastor's wife's vision mm -hmm. for our women's conference this year, Jennifer Stafford. And it was her idea. She said, I want you to open with this with a very powerful song. And so as she continued to create and to plan for the women's conference, she was like, I got it. This is what I want you to do. I want you to do I Remember by Lauren Daigle. I need you to learn this song. And when I heard that song for the first time, I thought, wow, this is powerful. And I immediately began to, to pray and to just ask God to just use me to really minister that song in the way that he would have me do it because Lauren Daigle is just phenomenal, just anointed. When I have those times where I know that I need to prepare for something like that, I just really lean and depend on God and just go into prayer mode. Like, Lord, I cannot do this unless you help me. So this was her vision. 
And she said, I want you to get a dress that's just beautiful, just just a long gown. And so I find this dress and then oh, so you um, had to go find it. I had to go find a dress and and when I saw that dress, I said, Oh, this is the one. It was really cold that night. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, it I was remember. freezing. So the temperature changed out of nowhere and I thought the dress was sleeveless and I thought there's no way I can just wear this dress without anything over me. And, and so I le- looked in my closet and I found this cape that my mom had purchased for me. She's like, you need this because you need to keep your shoulders covered. You know, she's real yeah. old school and she likes for me to cover up. And so I thought, oh, this this would be a nice accent. And so I had the cape on and I was sitting backstage waiting to open the um, Coastal Women's Conference. And so I had the cape on and I was back there just freezing. Um, the first lady came back and she looked at me. She said, you need to wear that cape on stage. And I said, are you serious? Oh, she so was you like, weren't planning at all. I wasn't all. planning to wear the cape on stage at all. I was just cold. She said, you need to wear that on stage. And it was about 10 minutes before it was time to begin. And she said, you need to just fling it off. And, I, and we laughed. You know, it was like a joke. And then I thought, and I thought about the words of the song. And I said, you know what? When we get to that part that says, I remember, I can just throw it off. And just free myself, like I'm remembering what God did for me and did in my life. I'm no longer bound. And so then I began to see that. And so that's what I, what we came up with about 10 minutes before the show started. I can't believe that. And yeah, so that was something that wasn't even planned. It just kind of all came together right at the, at the very end. What's going through your mind as you're up here singing that song? I knew that this was an important moment. And it's just me and God when I, when I'm doing things like that, when I'm singing a song where the spotlight is on me, cause I don't like when the spotlight is just on me. Okay. Um, I love to sing. That's my passion. I absolutely love being on stage. I absolutely love to sing. But for me to be the sole focus of attention at any given moment, I really have to take myself out of that because if I don't, then I won't be able to allow God to use me the way that he wants to, because I'm then focusing on myself or what's going on with people in the audience. And so I get in this place when I'm singing and ministering where it's just me and God. And so I don't even look at the people I'm singing to God. And most of the time, if, if you ever watch me on stage, when I'm singing, my eyes are up. Because yeah. I'm like, Lord, I, I'll need your help. Kind of like a, a baby. I've seen you sing Behold the Lamb. I saw it. And so. I'm, I'm looking up. <laughs> yes, I'm looking up like kind of like a, a baby that's learning how to walk. They're looking up to their their father, like, help me because I can't do this on my own. Mm. And that's kind of where I am. I feel like when I'm on stage and when everybody's focused on me because I don't want to focus on me. I know that I can't do it in my own strength and power. And so that's where I was at that moment. It's kind of like a, it's just a me and God thing. And so I know that the people were blessed because I know that God will do that. But I try to put all my focus on him. Well, with that mentality, what called you into worship then if you don't like the spotlight and you don't like, you know what I mean? How did that happen? I've been singing ever since the age of three. I believe it Um, with your voice. I've been singing since the age of three. And I can remember when I first started singing. My older sister, Vernell, God called her home in 2012, mm. but she was just phenomenal. My mom and my two older sisters, Marvie and Vernell, had a singing group called the Gospel Singers for Jesus. And so they were much older than me and my younger siblings. And so we would watch them sing at concerts and at churches and different events growing up. We would watch. And so I just remember one day thinking, I think I can sing too. And I was, I was really, really young. And so I remember running into a corner and testing out 
<laughs> my voice. Really? And I did that, and my mom What'd overheard you me. I don't even remember what I sang. I just remember thinking, I can sing like Vernell. Like, I can <laughs> sing like that. I can do that. And so I ran wow. to test it out, and I can remember it in my mind so vividly. And so I started singing. I don't even know what I, I don't remember what I sang, but I started singing, and then my mom overheard me, and she said, hey, come here. She said, do that again. And so I just remember her training me up. And then from there, my older sister started training me up and my other sister that's a year older than me. Yeah. And she taught us how to harmonize at a very, very young age. So we began harmonizing and singing. And then we would start to sing with the group, the Gospel Singers for Jesus, which was a real treat because we felt like they were just everything. And so then um, my older sisters moved out, moved on with their lives. And then me and my sister, that's a year older than me, Marion, became the gospel singers for Jesus, the that's second crazy. set. And so we would travel around singing with my mom and we were just, that's what we did. And I mean, you did that. Did you just continue doing that all the way up until like, when did, that, when did you transition? I continued doing that all the way up through high school. Um, and even in college, we would we would go sing. And even now, if people call and say, hey, we want the gospel singers for Jesus, I'll make a special trip and get together with That's my sister amazing. and my mom and go and sing. So I continued to do that for a long time. Of course, I met my husband and we began to do ministry together once we got married in 2002. And like I said, we were called to Griffin, Georgia to uh-huh. be the assistant worship pastors there where we served. So he was in Miami at Pastor Rich Wilkerson's church yeah, that's right. for about six years before we met. Mm-hmm. I believe it was about six years or four years because then we spent about two years there married. And so we began to do ministry together right after marriage. And when we met, I didn't even know that he could play the keyboard and the organ. Like I didn't know he could sing any of that. We just kind of hung out as friends. Um, and we met through a mutual friend who was doing a concert and he had asked the both of us to do background vocals for him. And so we said, sure. And so we were there hanging out, getting ready to rehearse for that event. And, um, we met that night and, and that was it. We were together ever since. You just like fell so, in love right yeah. there. And so I knew he could sing, but I didn't know he was as musical as he is until we started hanging yeah, out. Yeah, because you both were to be background yeah, singers. Yeah, we were doing background <laughs> um, vocals. Now he had seen me previously at another okay. event singing because he told me this later on. He was like, I saw you and I thought, that's that girl that I saw singing. We just started hanging out and then, I love that. yeah, so. How does that work? Are you all just dating and you're just like, oh yeah, we just, we're just going to make music together. How does that, yeah. how do you form literally pit and worship? Like, how does that come about? So as we continue to date, we were dating for about four months. And um, as we were getting to know each other, I learned that, you know, he was, of course, the music director at Pastor Rich Wilkerson's church. Yeah. Um, where he was, you know, doing a lot of the music there. They had a choir at the time and uh-huh. he was over that and then over the youth choir. And so then I began to help him out in ministry there, even though we weren't married yet, we were still dating. And so we would do things together there. And then that's when I realized how musical he was. It's a God thing, obviously. And then he became a pastor shortly after that. Pastor Rich ordained him to be one of the pastors there. And I thought, okay. oh my goodness, I didn't realize the depth of that at the time. Yeah. I was his girlfriend when he became a pastor. I didn't know what that entailed. I just thought, I remember him calling me up one day and saying, hey, I just got promoted. Um, pastor Rich has made me a pastor. And he was so excited. And, you know, he was telling me about his promotion. I thought, oh, that's so great. You know, that's awesome. I wasn't thinking I'm going to be a pastor's wife. I was just thinking, you know, I was his girlfriend at the time. But later on, um, when we got married, and then I realized what that entailed, I thought, Oh my goodness, what have I gotten myself into? Really? You kind of got overwhelmed for a second? I did, because I realized what that meant. 
watching the other pastor's wives. That's not, that's not something that um, I ever envisioned for myself. What do you love about doing, creating music with your husband as a family? It is the best thing in the world. As girls, we always dream of who we want to marry and we have this make a set of guidelines that well, yeah. he has to be this, 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 this. My criteria was nothing close to who he is, maybe a little bit of some of the attributes. Was music on the list? Music wasn't even on the list. Really? Like, I wasn't even You're kidding. thinking along those lines, okay. but God knows best. He really does. And I think that we don't know what we want. We think that we do. And we seek after those things, especially when we're looking for a mate. But um, when we submit our will to God's, he gives us not only what we want, but what we need. And that's what I have in Aaron. I have everything that I need, but I also have what I want. And mm. he's just the best husband in the world. <laughs> I mean, I can't even put it in any other phrase. He's just the best husband in the world. Best father um, in the world and everything that he brings to our marriage. I could not have yeah. picked those things for myself, but God knew. I think it is so cool to see husbands and wives doing ministry together. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I are kind of in a season where we are getting ready to make some transitions on looking into going into full-time ministry. And yes. so like I'm paying attention to seeing like, okay, that's how like my pastor and his wife do this, or that's how right. this couple does that. Right. And they're doing something right, mm -hmm. and I want to know Absolutely. what it is. Yeah, and I think that it's important for you to find examples, good e examples that you can follow after, because that's something that, that helped me. When we first got married, and uh, we were married for about two years, all of a sudden I'm this pastor's wife, like he's on staff, and then I'm expected to be X, Y, Z, all these things that I am absolutely not yeah. because it's not something that I planned. And I felt so out of place. I felt like a fish out of water because I felt like here are all these other pastor's wives and they have got it together, honey. And here <laughs> I am. And I'm like, I am not a social butterfly. I do not like initiating conversation. That is just not who I was. I love singing. You know, I, I didn't, you know, particularly like being the center of attention, but I know that that comes with it. Mm -hmm. And so I had to learn how to cope with all of that. Being a pastor's wife on top of it, when everybody expects you to walk into the room and speak to everybody and shake everybody's hands, that just wasn't me. And I remember in the beginning of our marriage, Aaron just always coaching me and saying, hey, you've got to initiate conversation. You've got to smile. You've got to be friendly. You've got to do this. And it kind of was a little bit annoying yeah. to me at first because it's not who I was. Now it's, it's definitely who I am. And I'm very grateful that God has shaped me the way that he has. But I've had some amazing women that I could look up to and pattern myself after and watch those women and see the way that they do things and not for a show, or for anything like that, but really for the sake of ministry and for the sake of drawing men and women to the kingdom. That's so cool that you said you sing, but you're like, you don't like the spotlight. Mm -hmm. And so I would think being a person who feels that you would automatically think like, oh, well, then that's not my place if I don't truly enjoy some of the side aspects that come with it. Because I mean, it's you worshiping God first and foremost, but right. yeah, there's all those other things mm -hmm. that I feel like would be such a distracted thing to keep you from doing that. And you didn't let that happen. Absolutely not. Because I love singing that's, so that's much. And I knew at a young age that this is what I was supposed to do. This yeah. is what I am supposed to do. Two things. I am a singer, an artist, worshiper, 
and I'm an educator. And my mom was an educator for 36 years, specialist degree in science. And so I spent a lot of time in the classroom with her growing up during the summer. And so I've, I learned a lot of classroom management, how to run a school and all of those things. And that's something that I just absolutely love to do. I watched her worship and sing. I learned how to have stage presence from my mom. My mom just had a way with her class where she would be the go-to person yeah. Out of everybody in the school where if there was a child that was acting out, they would always bring that child to my mom. And she had a way where she could get that child to get their work done and they would actually enjoy it. Mm. And so um, I kind of picked up those things from her. I graduated college and went right into teaching. And so I did that for, for a number of years. I've taught everything from language arts to math to um, chorus. I was a chorus teacher. I did not know this. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I taught chorus at North Miami Senior High School for about two years right after we got married. And then we moved to Georgia where I became the chorus teacher at Griffin Christian High School. And I was the chorus teacher for eight years. And I was also the sixth grade history and language teacher. Um, education is another passion of mine as well. And then in moving here to Coastal Church, they didn't have a school here, but Pastor Chad and Jennifer had a vision to open up a school. And so we did that in August of 2016, Coastal Kids Academy. And so now I'm the director of that school. That's amazing. Yes. And we've been open for about three years and we have found so much great success in doing that. It's been different because now I'm teaching children younger and, you know, in a younger age bracket, but it's just as good. I love it. And it's just been amazing what God has been doing because I never saw myself doing this either. I just see obedience written all over you and all over that story. You just are like, okay, God, we'll move or like, we'll do this or we'll, I'll take this. Like, mm -hmm. it's funny that you said that because moving to Alabama was one of the most difficult things that I have ever had to do. Mm -hmm. I was born and raised in Miami. I love it. We go back every year, try to get back multiple times a year to visit. But when I moved from Miami to Georgia, God had put people in place to embrace our family. I, I had a four-month-old baby at the time. I was a new mom with nobody around, no family mm. in that area, but they became my family. And he showed me that we can have people around us that are not blood related, that can be just as close, if not closer. And we built such great roots there in Georgia, and I miss them every day. And when God called us here, I went through a grieving process. It was really tough. And so the first year here was really tough. And God has placed people around us here to do the same thing that he did with us when we moved to Georgia. Um, but of course, it's a little bit different. We moved to Georgia. We had one baby and we left with four. <laughs> and so um, we built our family there. We bought, yeah. bought our first home there. So there's just a lot of great memories there for our family as well as ministry. And um, But moving here to Alabama, you know, was a, definitely a step of obedience. Opening up Coastal Kids Academy was definitely a step of obedience because I went from teaching um, middle and high school to taking care of children from the ages of 12 weeks to four years old and building a strategy and curriculum to tailor their needs, which was a step outside of the box for me because I had never done that before. And I remember when Chad and Jennifer called me and asked me um, if I would be willing to do that, I was a little flabbergasted, but at the same time I was honored and I thought, okay, I knew that this was what God wanted me to do. It was definitely walking in obedience every day because it wasn't necessarily what I wanted to do. But I, I had to submit to what God wanted to do. And 
just over the past three years, seeing the families that have been impacted by this school, seeing the employees that have been impacted by this school has been such a blessing to me. And now I see that my obedience is much more important than what my desires are because so many lives have been impacted. Our ladies, we have 19 ladies on staff and there's zero drama. That is yeah, unheard of. That's so cool. And so we have these ladies who come through and the Lord just showed me that this is a place of healing and ministry, even yeah. though it's a place of employment. We support these ladies, not only in their opportunity to teach these children and minister to them, but also to minister to them in their lives. A lot of the ladies, um, some of them didn't have church homes when they came and now they attend Coastal Church. And so they've been so blessed and have developed spiritually, not just, you know, earning a place of employment, but they have grown spiritually as well. And so that's a part of the ministry as well. And God showed me that this is what I needed you to do. And so I've just been so blessed by it. I had no idea this was part of your story. I just came to talk about your album and like <laughs> I had no idea. But this is so interesting. One of the themes in the conversations I've been having with my friends and it, and my family, and it's because God's been really downloading this into me, is that when we say things like, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I, I'm surrender. I'm yes. yours. And then you say, mm-hmm. I didn't want to do that, mm-hmm. but I knew I was supposed to. Right. I think, okay, you answered my prayer, God. Like you told me what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, cause I've had many conversations recently where I'm like, that didn't make sense. That didn't make sense. That they didn't yeah. text me back or that, that opportunity, the door was closed. You know what I mean? But when we say things like, I'm yours, God, like, yes. then that's him answering our prayer. Yeah. And so I think that's so interesting that you're, you're talking to me about that. Mm-hmm. Cause like, it's been the theme of my life recently and, that's and what I'm been, learning. That's something that's, you know, we all say that God, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to go, <laughs> yeah. I'll go. And you know, I've always prayed that my entire life because I feel like it was something that I was taught to say growing up in church. Everybody says it and you kind of mean it until God asks you to do something yeah, that you don't want to do. Where you're like, that, I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to step out and start in that kid's ministry, right. but you did it. And then look at what you saw mm-hmm. pop up around you. I mean, a ministry of 19 women where there's healing and yes. zero drama, as you yeah. said, that's amazing. Yeah, and we're able to work through. Now, are we perfect? Absolutely not. Do we have conflict? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's the way that you deal with that conflict. You don't have to deal with it in a way that's disrespectful to your sister. You can disagree on something and move forward from it. And that's what these ladies have learned to do. And they're very appreciative of the work environment. And it's it's just a healthy work environment, not only for them, but for these children that we're ministering to. Even though they're young children, they come in with situations that they, they deal with and that we need to minister to them and we need to love them. We see children come in hurting and they, they don't even understand that hurt because their parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. And they're over here one week with mom. And they're over here one week with dad. And then grandma's got them one week. And then uncle's got them. And so they're in this whirlwind. We've seen children that are just, and they come in with this look on their face where they need to be ministered to. And we're able to do that. We have a chapel service every Wednesday. And these children lift up their hands and worship to God every Wednesday. And it's one of my favorite things to do is to bring them in. And then they go home singing these songs and they carry that spirit of joy mm-hmm. home with them. And their parents come in and say, so-and-so prayed over the meal. We teach them how to pray. They prayed the 23rd Psalm before they went to sleep last night. 
in its entirety, you know, and they're just blown away by the spiritual aspect of yeah. what they're receiving, not just a good education on their grade level, but also the spiritual aspect. And I think that laying that foundation is so important in, in planting those seeds now while they're young, because I think that this is something that they'll take with them for the rest of their life and they will not forget it. Does that carry in on Sunday mornings when you're leading these families that you do ministry with week to week? Like, do you think about them? Do you Absolutely. I do. And you know what? Some of the families um, attend our church and one of the parents came in um, the other week and she said, uh, my baby told me that she wanted to come to church so she can see Miss Margaret's concert. And I thought, <laughs> I'm right along with her. I'd love to join her. <laughs> I thought, oh my goodness, that's just the sweetest thing. Or some of them yeah. will tell their dads, hey, I have a little girl that tells her dad, I, I want to go to church. I, I want to hear Miss Margaret sing. And I, I mean, that's just one of the greatest things that, that could ever, I mean, I didn't even see this coming or expect any of it, but God knew what he wanted to do. And it's just been outstanding. And so I'm like, okay, God. And some days it's still a struggle, but he helps me through it and he shows me what to do. And he gives me wisdom even in the struggle. I'm curious. I feel like you're a person who has like a life verse. Do you have (laughs) one? If you don't, that's okay. I mean, I have a lot of verses that I live my life by. I just, it's hard for me to choose because I'm always quoting scripture and I just feel like the word of God is so important in our life because it's what we have to lean on during those tough times. I have this thing where I, when I find a verse that really means something to one of my friends, I'll write their name by it in my Bible Uh because I'm just like, I want to remember that. And so... I was curious if you would have one or not. Yeah. If I have to choose one, because all of them are just amazing, it would have to be nothing is impossible with God. Yeah, come on. Um, That's something that I I just carry that with me. We make plans for our lives, but then when we say, God, whatever you want to do, then we have to submit to his plan, and it might not look like what our plan was. He'll work our plan and our desires into what he wants to do in and through our lives, and I think that God is doing that with us and with me. You know, my desire has always been to just really get out there and travel and sing and to be on the big stage and to win the Grammys and to win the Doves. And as a child, I I would watch the Grammy Awards and I would watch and I would think about what I would say when I received mine. You know, that's just what I always envisioned for my life. And I never chased it. I felt like the Lord would lead me down that path. And so I allowed him to do that. And I felt like 20s and my early 20s that there were a lot of doors closed in my face that looked like they were going to be open for me to do that thing that I felt like I was supposed to do. And not that I'm not, but in the capacity that I thought that I was going to do it, but God did it a different way. He's taken me down a different path and used the gift of education and educating others, um, as well as the gift of song and, and worshiping to do it a different way. And I think that as I continue to live my life, he's now showing me where he's going to bring things full circle. And it didn't happen in the time that I felt like it should happen or that it was going to happen. Cause I, you know, I could say by now I thought that I would have had 10 Grammys or five double awards at least, or, you know, whatever, but that wasn't God's will. He didn't want to do it that way. Do I have a Grammy? No. Do I have a dove? No. Have I given up on that dream? No, because I feel like God has that for me. It's a desire of mine. And I feel like he gave me the desire, just like he gave me the gift. And I feel like he has it somewhere. It's just not yet. And I have to continue to walk in obedience and follow the path that he is 
taking me on. Throughout this journey, I've just learned so much. But I keep that verse in the back of my mind that nothing is impossible with God because while it seems like earning a Grammy and a Dove is impossible, I mean, who am I in Daphne, Alabama? You know, and I'm like, okay. But um, one of the things that God spoke to me throughout this journey, too, that I think is important is as I was reflecting, I was like, God, why am I like in Daphne, Alabama? Nobody. I didn't know about Daphne, Alabama until you called us here. Why am I in Griffin, Georgia? (laughs) And then the Lord just ministered to me and he said, well, if you're not at Coastal Church in Daphne, Alabama, then who would be there? Coastal Church in Daphne, Alabama deserves my best. Mm You know, and I thought, okay, that makes sense because I feel like a lot of the great singers and quality singers always seek out going to the big cities and being on the big stage because that's what you desire. But I think that for all of the small cities and small towns that nobody knows of, I think that the Lord wants to place people there that are high quality, just like the people who are in the big cities. And so this is where he has called my husband and I to minister to, and I'm okay with that. And he just spoke that to my spirit, and I thought, wow, that is amazing. And it just helped me to submit even more, like, this is where you have me to be. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. You've given me something to think about. I, I will be journaling about that. That <laughs> That is something that I feel like is going to be something that somebody needs to hear. That is so yeah. profound. Coastal Church deserves the best. And, absolutely. And that's you right now. Absolutely. During the weekend of the conference, you were absolutely like, you say you're not a social butterfly, but you were a social butterflying around in the, in the lobby. And someone said. <laughs> it's because you called me out there. You're like, um, can you take a picture? And I was like, sure. Oh, and then and everyone so, lined up. Yeah. Right. Like. And, and so that's why I kind of like removed myself. Cause I'm like, I don't want to be like the center of, you know, it's a little you awkward. You did it so well though. And so, but one lady said to you, she's like, when are you going to go be on the voice? You need to go be on the voice. Do you get that a lot? I hear that a lot. And people always say, you need to be on American Idol. You need to be on The Voice. You need to be on X Factor. How do you respond to that? All the time. And so, um, given what I just learned that, you know, that dream's still there, but it is, it is. And I've been tempted at times to do that. But the thing that prevents me from going forward with being on The Voice and American Idol and trying out for all those things, because I could have done that years ago. Yeah. Every time I feel like I want to step out and do something like that, I just feel like I'm a worshiper. And I don't think you can judge worship. And I feel like if I'm on that stage and I'm singing for judges, you just can't judge worship. Right. In my opinion. And how would they judge me and say, you're this or you're that, but this is my worship to God. Right. There's no score that you can score in my worship to God. You can't give me a 10 or an 11 or a 12. This is worship to God. So that can't be judged. And that's something that I just could not break away from. And that's what's kept me from getting on that stage because it's a competition. And Mm -hmm. if I'm competing, I'm going to want to outdo the next person. And I can't worship God and try to compete against my sister or my brother when it's worship. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm trying to express it the best way I can. You know, it's so interesting though that you say that because in my eyes and in the eyes of many people, especially what I saw that weekend and what I've seen form, especially like online, I've seen some of your other things. Mm -hmm. It's like, I feel like you would be a person who do really well in that environment and being like, you have a stage presence, like textbook wise, you are an amazing artist. And it's so interesting that you're like, that's a path, but that's not the only path in doing this. And that you're choosing to be obedient in what God's called Mm -hmm. you to do. I just submit to whatever he wants to do. And I just don't think that 
that's the route that he wants to take me on. I just, I just don't. And if I did, then I would definitely step out if I felt like, okay, you know, because there are some people who have stepped out and taken that path and that's the path that God has led them on. And I've looked at some of those people that I'm like, this is being very transparent. <laughs> God, why her? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, why her? And then I have to step back and say, it's not for me to say why her. That's the path that you chose for this person or for mm-hmm. that person. And so we have to do that because sometimes we look at people and we feel like, well, why isn't that me? That should be me at this point. I want that to be me. That's not the path that he has for us. And so we have to just not compare ourselves to other people. And that's hard sometimes, especially when you feel like that's what you're shooting for. That door has been closed. And so I just had to come to grips with, okay, that's not the path that God has for me. And that's okay. So God, whatever it is that you have for me, that's the path that I want to take. There's a song by the Clark sisters that they sing, and it's the safest place in the whole world is in the will of God. And it is because when you get outside of God's will, that's when things start to go awry. And I don't want to be outside of God's will because not only is his will right, Mm -hmm. but it's better. That's exactly right. If I try to do it myself, it won't even compare to the way that God can do it. I can say that with certainty because I've seen these lives of these ladies that I work with every day, the way that they've been changed. That's amazing. We've been talking about you singing. I want people to be able to go and listen to you. I want to talk about this album. So you and your husband, Aaron, you put out an album called My Destiny. When did you guys do this and why did you guys decide to do an album what, what was the story behind this? Of course, we wanted to put out some music because people ask all the time, hey, when are you going to put out a CD? And, you know, so it's something yeah. that we had worked on for a while. I believe it was 2011 okay. that we released that. Of course, the songs had been written maybe five to seven years prior. You guys wrote them? Yes, we wrote those songs. Aaron and I, along with our friend Donye, he's a amazing musician and producer. He's absolutely outstanding. Um, I believe that Trent Phillips is on there doing some of the music as well. He's outstanding. He works with a lot of gospel artists mm-hmm. in the industry. So we have some amazing talent on there that helped us out with this CD. And um, it's just something that we always knew that we wanted to do. And so we titled it My Destiny because yeah. it, we know that this is our destiny. God just gave us those songs. We're just grateful. I don't um, see myself as an amazing songwriter. Some people can look at the sky and write an amazing song. Yeah. That's not me. I have to really pray and fast and ask the Lord to give me something. And he did that with the song titled New Song on there. That's the song. That's one of the ones that um, I wrote. And I just love to worship. So it's a really worshipful song. And so this was just a really fun CD that we did. And then we did Join the Morning. That's the single. And that's one of the ones that everybody really, really likes. So we go out to events and we perform that. Oh, it's um, so uplifting. Yeah, it's that's so good. one of the ones that people really like. They're like, sing Joy in the Morning. We want to hear Joy in the Morning. And then Lord, I'll Trust in You is a really encouraging song. Um, that's another one that people really like on that CD. So, Can I tell you my favorite, though? Mm-hmm. I absolutely love Thank God I'm Free. I, yes. That- you are killing it on vocals <laughs> on that. But also the message of that song, mm-hmm. it is totally it has fit what I walked through in 2018. I am just immediately drawn to that. What's the story behind that one? Well, my husband wrote that song. In fact, he wrote that song before we even met. 
Really? Yes, he did. Oh, my gosh. Um, and he played it for me. We were dating, and he, he was telling me about it, and he played it. And I thought, man, I said, that is good. Not thinking that years later it would go on our CD, but we we put it on there. We finished it up and, and put the music to it. And I thought, wow, this is so awesome. This is a great song, babe. Yeah, and I love even the package of this because you guys have all your four kids on the back. And, like, yes. the photos are so good. Family is so important to us. That's one of the things when people pick up the CD and they flip it over. They're like, oh, this is so amazing. Yeah, and your so, children um, are adorable. Yeah, they're, they're able to see our sweet family. Um, they're a little bit older now. I'm glad we put them on the back of it. And my, my son, my oldest son, he's so silly. He's 12 now. He says, we're on your CD. We're stars. Y'all like, are oh. in my heart. I'm like, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so where can people get this? Reach out to us. You can follow me on okay. Instagram at Penton979. That's P-E-N-T-O-N 979. And I'll link that in the show notes for everyone. So okay. that way they can just click on over. Yeah. And then also you can find us on Penton Worship. You can reach out to us there. Grab a copy of that as, if you want. We also have another one of the singles on there on iTunes if you want to download that one. I'm okay. I did remember. not know that because I'm a Spotify girl. And, I'm on, and so that was my... Next request is like, when are you guys going to get on Spotify? And when are you going to come out with new music? We are working on a worship CD for Coastal Church. Are you really? We just finished our um, first single for Coastal Church, and we debuted it at our first Wednesday in February. Has Coastal put out an album before? No. And so we're working on it right now. I'm so Um, excited. It was so much fun. Praise prevail. And so we sang it for the first time in our first Wednesday service for the month of February and everybody absolutely loved it. It's so much fun. Um, it's called Let Your Praise Prevail. And so we're working on a coastal worship CD and we're really excited about that. Are you guys going to do a concert when that unveils? We Please definitely want to do a live version of the CD. Absolutely. I we want, have to. I want to be invited. Please. Can I <laughs> please be invited? Are you kidding yes. me? Yes. I literally yes. want to be here for that for and sure. invite a few of my friends. Please do invite all your friends. So we're doing that. And then um, we're, of course, working on our own CD aside from that. Oh, you are too? Absolutely. We've got to do that. And then um, we've just partnered with iHeart. Um, iHeart Radio? Radio? Yes, iHeart Radio. And um, they've contracted out to us to do all of their commercials for their clients. And so we've done a couple of commercials there. You're kidding. Yes. And it's so much fun to just get in there and write jingles and then hear them on the radio. It's, it's a Wait, lot of fun. Wait, can you share one that you've like, what company that you've done it for we've so we can listen one. for it? But if you, if you can't, that's yes, okay. Yes, I, I think we can. It's, it should be fine. It's already on the radio already but one of them is rechick.com um, so we did her commercial and some of my friends have already called me and said hey I just listened to your commercial on the radio some people have heard it walking in the grocery store um, we did one crazy. for her we also did one for a lawyer Maloney and Frost we did one of his commercials we've done a few so far and we're, we're just working with with them and I feel like I'm opening like Pitten's Pandora box. Like, you guys just, like, have so much talent. And then the other thing that we're also doing that we um, started working on this year is opening a business for food, empanadas. 
Oh, my And gosh. so we have a business called Divine Empanadas because, as I shared earlier, I'm from Miami, Florida, and empanadas are everywhere. They're absolutely amazing. And what empanadas are is kind of like a meat pastry but yeah. ten times better. And so we do Koneka sausage, which everybody in Alabama loves Koneka. And so we do a Koneka empanada, a beef, and then um, chicken. And, of course, we'll expand our flavors later, but we've had a lot of success so far with doing that. And so we're working on that. Um, we also have a page on Instagram for Divine Empanadas as well. I yeah. did not know this either. I'll go and follow them <laughs> following the closing of this interview. But oh my gosh, again, like we'll link to all of that in the show yeah. notes. And so now we know who to be listening to that y'all are singing on the radio. That is For so sure. It's amazing. Cool. So it's really cool to see what God is doing. You just never know how he's going to do things and work things out for you. So I just feel like everything is just coming full circle. So that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Another one that is not on the album, but you did a song called Now Behold the Lamb. And I have watched that so many times on YouTube. I'm not kidding. I just, I really have. I yeah. love it so much. Where was that in Georgia? That was in Georgia at a church called Chapel Hill, Pastor Dave Devine. Um, and we're really good friends with his son. They always invite us to come over and do worship with them. And we always have an amazing time. They're located in Douglasville, Georgia. So we were doing their Christmas musical with them Mm -hmm. and so they had asked us to come and do that song as well as some other songs and so um yes that was at his church um we went there and did that and it was such an amazing show we had a great time that year and so yeah they posted it up on youtube and a lot of people love that song since then we've done it here at coastal church and they responded well to it and so yeah that's one of our favorite songs to do during the christmas holidays that's kirk franklin Mm -hmm. oh i love kirk franklin but i'm gonna link that in the show notes too, which will be found on my website. I think that if anyone wants to see you performing, they need to go watch that. Before this interview, when I was like telling people, I was like, I'm going to go talk to this, this worship leader. And I was like sending it out. I was like, I can't believe that. Like I get to speak with you and you're the same woman in that video. I'm sorry if I'm like fangirling a little bit, but it's just like that video of you leading in that song. It's like something It's just so good. I love it. I absolutely love that video. God took complete control. So I just give him all the credit for that. And I'm just grateful, you know, that he has chosen to use me in this capacity. Okay. And I have another question. These are really random, but there is a picture of you on Instagram that I have seen as I've been like getting to know you via online, which sounds weird, but (laughs) it's, it's okay. It's you praying over this man and you're in Dallas, Texas. Yes. What's the story behind that? Okay. So this year we spent Christmas in Dallas, Texas with my husband's side of the family. We decided on Christmas morning, this is a tradition that they do where they go out and they feed the homeless. So we prepared breakfast for them and we just prepared breakfast burritos. We um, went out on Christmas morning and we went to feed the homeless. And so we just drove around with these breakfast tacos and we had some fruit and some water. And so we just went out to where they hang out and we just began to deliver breakfast to them. And as we did that, we would ask, Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? You know? And so this man was walking by, we handed him something to eat and I asked him, Hey, do you mind if I pray for you? And so as I began to pray for him, my husband was able to get that shot. I could just tell that just being out there and praying for some of those people who were on the street, you know, some of them were worse off than others. There were little children out there. There were elderly people out there that, um, clearly, just abandoned, just sitting out there. And we wanted to just show them God's love, just bring them a meal, 
pray with them. And that's what we were able to do. And it was one of the best experiences of our lives. We were able to take our children so that they could experience that as well. We always preach to them that you need to be grateful for what you have and grateful for what the Lord has given you because you're privileged. If it hadn't been for him, this could be you. They were able to go out and they were praying for some of the people out there as well. What an example that you set for not only your kids, but just even like me or people who, anyone who sees that photo Christmas morning. Mm -hmm. It it really was a life-changing experience. Again, I think that goes back to what we were talking about earlier is that I feel like culturally no one wants to get up on Christmas morning and go do that. But like I just see obedience like written all over what y'all are doing. Yeah. Obedience is so important because it's something that you have to do when you don't feel like doing it. Yeah. It's something that you have to do when your emotions take control and you you can't be led by your emotions or your feelings because they'll steer you wrong because they change your feelings and your emotions. They fluctuate one moment. You could be happy and the next moment you could be sad. So if you act on that, then that's the way your life will go. So you have to just submit to God and you have to obey what he's called you to do in the good times and in the bad times. And I know that that's easier said than done, but it's really what what you've got to do. And you've got to have those conversations with God, even when, you know, you don't feel like it. That's why I love Annie F. Downs, because she is just so transparent. Even reading her her book, A Hundred Days to Brave, you know, some of the things that that she says and how transparent she is, you know, and she'll say it in a minute. I didn't feel like doing X, Y, Z. That's right. You know, and she's just so transparent. And that's what I think that we need. We've got to be transparent because we look great on the outside and and it looks all good but really on the inside you know this is how you're feeling and it's okay to say that Mm -hmm. um and so yeah obedience is just important that's just the key it's funny you mention her because yesterday she put out um her newest podcast episode the title of it is awaken nashville and so nashville's doing this thing Mm. they're partnering with the churches all across the city churches are partnering together and they're praying for every single person in the city. I don't know how it wow. happened, how that, well, actually I do know how it happened because I listened to the episode, but basically they got a list of names of the people who were listed and they organized it where people are praying over every single person in the city and like writing like a postcard to them. Wow. So it's crazy. They're praying for revival. Wow. But one of the things that they were saying in the podcast, Annie was asking two ministers in the area, they're like, how does like revival get started? And they're like, Meet with someone from another church. Okay, that's what I'm doing this morning. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I'm meeting with you who goes to Coastal and I go to Liberty. We're not even in the same state. You know what Crazy. I mean? That's so timely that that happened. That episode was put out a day before that we had this scheduled. Mm-hmm. And we rescheduled this too. Yeah. That I'm like. We did. That's kind of crazy and too. You know that what? even like how she I came. I love it mm-hmm. because she's, um, she's how we got connected. Yeah, she is. Um, and so she's just amazing. I, I got to, you know, meet her and she's so funny. Like she is hilarious. She's she just because she's so transparent and then she's just hilarious and just anointed to do what she does and yep. just really speaks to women in a way that nobody else can. And God has just given her that gift to be able to do that. So I'm really appreciative of her and her ministry and really glad that I was able to get connected with her somewhat. Oh, she loved you. (laughs) Yeah. She's, she's a lot of fun. Um, but I mean, that is exactly how revival starts because for some reason, I think that the church had come to a point where 
we were kind of cliquish where you go to this church and I go to this church so we can't hang out. Like, oh, well, you go to that church. No, that's how revival starts when all God's people to get to get together. We're all on the same team. You know, just because you go to that church doesn't mean that we can't fellowship together. We need to fellowship together. I love what my pastor says all the time. Pastor Chad Stafford, he always says it. He almost says it every Sunday. The ways of the Lord cannot be lived alone. We need each other. Mm. And um, because of the because of that statement and because we live that out at Coastal Church, we have such a great church family because we understand that the ways of the Lord cannot be lived alone. Our small groups here, everything is just so family oriented and it's just life changing for so many people. Well, as much as you compliment Annie and saying like how such an amazing woman she is, like Mm -hmm. the same can be said about you. Like you've set a culture here by you started from leading people on Sunday, getting on a different (laughs) level, starting with their young, their young people. And like you are being just as impactful. I mean, all the good things that you said about her, like I can just say the same thing that even you, I'm just a, you know, a wannabe podcaster. Oh and like, goodness. you made time for me and gave you me like doing it. You, this is amazing. <laughs> and you keep saying that, but you really have a gift. No. I mean, this is a gift that God has given you, your personality. You mm. just radiate with God's love and his joy. And mm. it was such a pleasure meeting you that day. I'm so glad that you came over to speak to me <laughs> because I was over in my little corner, like, you know, just trying to, you know, be in my little corner because like I said, I'm just really not that much of a social butterfly. I will if I have to, you know, in certain environments, I know that I can't just kind of, you know, pull back. But I'm so glad that you came over that day, you and your friend, just with the biggest smiles. And I thought, Hi, guys are lovely. <laughs> and so it was just such a pleasure. And then from that time on until now, it's just really been a pleasure meeting you. And this podcast, you're saying a wannabe podcast, but honey, you are doing your thing. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying yes. to. And, Thank and, you. And just the fact that, you know, you said, wow, God, what do you want me to do? And then, you know, God dropped it in your spirit that I know so many women and people who have stories that'll never be heard. Mm-hmm. This is huge. And I, and I can just see this just going huge. Oh, Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. You. Because I think that it's important that people get a chance to share their stories. It lifts them up and it gives them the strength to, you know, if God did it for them, they can do it. For, he can do it for me. And so this is so encouraging to so many people. So what you're doing is very extremely impactful Thank to God's you. kingdom. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. It means the world coming from you because I have to be honest, if if I were to be real, you know how you talk about, you know, Grammys and Doves mm-hmm. awards. And I would be lying if I said that I wouldn't love to see this grow. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I want to do what you're doing where you're like, I'll only move when God right. says to like, it's not about what I want. It's right. about the bigger purpose. Yeah. And so thank you for saying that to me, but also thank you for like, walk in the life that you do because that culture setting and breaking boundaries for people like me who can be like, okay, I see what she's doing and she's doing it well. And I want to follow that. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that it all starts with, you know, like you said, just following God's path. Cause I mean, you could, I could have easily gone and sang secular. I've had so many opportunities and I've turned them down and said, no, this, I'm a worshiper. This is not what God has called me to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and people always ask me, I've had parents come in and say, you know, they come to the church service. And so they had an opportunity to be in worship. And this, I've heard, had several of them tell me, why are you here? I know. That's what I, I, I've, I have to <laughs> be honest. Like, I, I thought the same thing if I were to be honest, but like, 
But that's why I'm but here. that's why you're here. God has yeah. called me to Coastal Church. Mm-hmm. God has called me here. Because if I'm not here, then who's here? We yeah. need to have the best of the best in every city. God's people are everywhere. And so he wants the best of the best everywhere, in the big city, in the small cities. So he's called us here. And it's been such a great learning experience in every way. Do you have anything to add? Or can I ask the final question? You can. I'm, okay. I, listen, I just have enjoyed being here with you. So thank oh you for having gosh. me. And thank you so much for your kind words. I really appreciate that. I mean every word of it. I like, know you do. I can tell <laughs> you are you. a very genuine person. And so I appreciate that. I could tell that the day that I met you. Aww. So, and even corresponding with you through, um, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, oh thank you so much. Like that means the world to me. Cause I just, I am so inspired by the people God brings my path. And like you truly have inspired me. I'm so me. glad that we've crossed paths. I know. Cause I, I know really that we're going to do this again. We have to, we're going to do this again. And you're going to be like on a way different level. Oh, gosh. I'm going to have my Grammys and I'm going to bring them. <laughs> And put them right here and say, remember when we talked about? Remember when we talked about it? Yeah. And you know that I'm coming to the Devil Wars when you're in <laughs> Nashville. Like, I yes. really want to come. <laughs> I want to come and be a part of all absolutely, of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Just keep dreaming. Like, <laughs> I believe firmly that, like, God doesn't want us to stop dreaming. Absolutely. Him. You know what I mean? We have to. We have to. We have to. It's what keeps us going. We can't stop dreaming. He's given us these dreams. Mm. So we have to continue to press towards that mark. Okay. So the podcast is called Still With You. And yes. I will tell you, since you don't know this, the name of the podcast originates from Psalms 139.18. It says, and when I wake up, I'm still with you. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just a phrase that I, I love Psalms 139, but Still with you has just kind of been my little life thing of where, where I've made friends and sometimes distance keeps us apart, sometimes just different seasons with busyness. Mm-hmm. But I'm just always that person that I want people to be like, I can call Coley and yeah. she's not going to switch it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be there for people. And I know that's how God is with us. Mm-hmm. I know that is how he is with us. Yes. You know, he knows no distance. He is like right here in this room with us. Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm trying to model that. I have been so secure and that promise that he has is that he, he doesn't leave ever. Yeah. I always close each episode with this question, and it's, where is God still with you? Oh, my goodness. So where is God still with you, Margaret? He is still with me in everything that I'm doing. He's shown me so much because, like I said, a lot of the things that I did not want to do, now he's showing me this is why I needed you to do this. Three years later, after starting Coastal Kids Academy, seeing the women in their lives change spiritually, seeing them draw closer to him, seeing these little babies learn how to pray, taking that home and planting those seeds in their parents who don't take them to church and who really don't know how to pray, but now are learning because their children are bringing it home from school. Still with me in raising my family. We don't know how to be a parent. There's not a manual on it, but when you submit to God and you ask him to show you and to walk with you in that, he's still with me when I'm mothering my children every day. Uh, My husband and I and him, you know, us parenting, We do devotions with them every morning and he is there. And so we plant those seeds Mm -hmm. in them so that they can take them with them to school and begin to spread those seeds. He's just with us in everything and still with me in everything that I'm doing, even in my desire to get to that place where I want to get musically that I've always dreamt about since I was a child. And I realized that this was the gift and the path that he wanted me to walk on. He's been with me and he is still with me and all of those dreams that have not come to pass yet that I am sure 
will come to pass in his timing. Anyone who's listening, I just, I want them to pray for you when they hear this. I want them to pray for you because what you're doing here is so important. One of the things, my friend Tiffany that you met, actually, she had this um, kind of this visual at our church. Our worship leaders are like the people who push open the gates for Mm. the Holy Spirit to come in and work every Sunday. I definitely sense that when I've watched you and your husband lead worship, that y'all are the people who are pushing open that gate. Mm, Wow. And I love that. Thank you so much for, again, for making time for this, Margaret. I want to have you back on anytime. You're welcome, like, anytime. (laughs) And I am available anytime. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Absolutely. Guys, I just love this episode, and I hope you did too. Thank you again to my gifted friend, Margaret Pinton, and be sure to follow her on all of social media and pick up her album, My Destiny. Or if you're in the Daphne area, pop on over to Coastal Church and worship with her. You will love it. All of the links and ways you can connect with her will be in the show notes found at my website, coleybrowning.com. And if you're new to listening to the podcast or been hanging out with me for a while, hey and welcome. Again, I'm Coley, and I would love to to connect with you. So you can do that by going to my website, again, coleybrowning.com, or you can also follow me on social media. There I am at Coley Browning, and that's K-O-H-L-I-E and Browning like the rifle. Let's be friends and friends support one another. So if you would be so kind, please subscribe to the podcast and review the show on Spotify or iTunes. This helps more than you know in keeping still with you on the air. Thank you guys again so much for listening. I hope you all are having an amazing start to your summer. I will be in Missouri, my home state, for a few weeks to spend some time with my family and my brother before he goes on deployment. We are just welcoming all kinds of prayer and support during this time, and we're so thankful to those of you who are already doing that on our behalf. We are choosing to trust in Jesus above all through this season and lift up my brother to him as um, he goes and does what he is called to do in serving our country. That pretty much wraps up this episode. Jam out to some Pinton worship on your way out and be bold, be brave, be you, and remember that he is still with you. Let's go.